and welcome one and all to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. I, of course, am your host, coming to you in glorious video for the third, count it, third week in a row. It's me, Cape Joel, everybody, and joining me is my cohort in comic book podcasting crime. It's Matt. Hi, everyone. We haven't had any problems, or any major problems mm, yet. Quote, unquote. Yeah, like, not to, not to jinx it, just to, like, hey... N knock on wood and people can see me knocking on the wood. There has been no major fuck-ups as of yet. <laughs> yeah, no, cross, cross fingers. Cross cross fingers, you know, my, my balls haven't dropped out of my pants yet as we record this. There has not been, you know, some horrible, embarrassing shit. <laughs> my uh, my camera got a little unfocusy last week, but that was it. Yeah, that was fine. That was, that was fine. That was the worst thing that happened. But, uh, yeah, so how's uh, how's your week been, Matt? You're uh, you're back from OzCon, right? I am, I am. I went to OzComicCon this weekend. It was a lot of fun. There were loads great. and loads of people because uh, it's currently uh, school holidays over here. Right. And then they were doing something where, like, if you buy an adult ticket, your kids get in free. Oh, that's so, a good deal. Yeah, so it was just packed, packed full of people. I saw you got to see a bunch of that uh, Thor Ragnarok stuff, and it's funny. They had a bunch of costumes at your con that were different than the ones they had at my con, so it's a whole traveling circus of Thor Ragnarok stuff. <laughs> I, uh, I I like the one you snapped there. You got Gladiator, Thor, and some other stuff. That was pretty wicked. Yeah, they had some really cool... I think they were like... I think they were one-to-one -one replicas, like statues nice. that they've been making lately, and that, that were pretty cool. You buy anything? I did buy some stuff. I bought. I did a little bit like what you did in your video. At the end of your video, I did a little what I bought and everything. I bought two really cool T-shirts. I'm wearing one at the moment. No one can probably not see it. It's a it's a Thor Ragnarok one. Sweet. Uh, I got a Black Panther one. I uh, nice. bought a bunch of comics. I bought I bought my first graded comic. Oh yes, that's right. I remember you were showing that off on Twitter, but being very mysterious about which one you got. Yeah, I got uh, a Superman Batman. Uh, number, what is it? Let's take a look at it right now. Let's number have four. A look. And because we're on video, um, we can take a look. No, no, number four, number four. It's um, Jeff Loeb run. Oh. And Ed no, McGinnis no. run. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, got that for a pretty good bargain. They had some really good, they had some really, really good ones there that I want. And I'm like, how much is that one? Oh, that one's, you know, six grand. Solid. I, uh, I set up a printer this week, which I know doesn't sound like much. But it is when you stop and consider, uh, consider the weird history of printer technology, how we went from a time to everybody had one, to a time mm -hmm. that nobody had them, and now yep. I'm having to get them again. Yep. Like, it's like we moved backwards technologically, where before it was like, oh, yeah, just screenshot whatever, just send it to me, whatever, let's not kill trees, man, you know, paper, pff, who uses paper? <laughs> to now it's like, no, seriously, for important business things, I need you to sign this document, print it off, scan it, and send it back, and I'm like, oh, God, that's, to staples I go, I guess. Yeah, 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 I, I loathe printers, not, not because, like, I like them for what they do, but sometimes they don't do their job. No, and they take up a lot of space. Like, I had to clear off a whole area for it. I'm like, wow, I haven't had a printer, God, since I was back on dial-up to think I haven't needed one until just this moment. Yep. It was, yep. It, it was a contest. I don't want to jinx it because I didn't read the fine print fine enough, but I had won a certain contest, and for the form, the company who runs it is very anal retentive, and they're like, look, you need to sign this, this, and this, get a witness signature and send it back, and maybe <laughs> we'll give you your prize. 
<laughs> I figured that that's what it was going to be like when I did media for Oz Comic Con this weekend. They're like, oh, here's a form, just you know, fill it out. And when I went to hand it in, they said, like, oh, no, you keep that. I'm like, so why did I have to sign it? That's a lot of cons I've gone to. Like, I remember the first year I went to Fan Expo. They're like, okay, we need proof of your media affiliation, and we need, like, you know, yeah, three, three yeah. different types of identification, and we need this, that, and the other. And I'm like, hi, I'm Joel. And they're like, yeah, you look like him. Okay. <laughs> They're like, how many follows do you have? How many people do you reach a, a month? Yeah. Like, what are your three biggest, you know, videos or something? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. That was that was very easy and painless. Like, hell, it's gotten to the point now where it's just like, okay, can we see some ID? It's like, oh, man, I, do, I don't have a business card. Is this, this is going to be a problem? I haven't printed off any new business cards since I was with the last <laughs> outfit. I kept meaning to. ID, please. Here I am. Okay, there you go. <laughs> it was just that easy, apparently. The moral of the story is we build up these interactions so much more in our heads than it actually is. Yeah, yeah. Was even funnier too is that uh, what is it? They actually had like some blank press credential badges that clearly had been thrown in the trash, and I'm like, what's well, stopping me from being like, hey, garbage man? Yeah, yeah. It was really funny. They actually let me keep my media pass this year, whereas last year they're like, no, you've got to when when you leave, you every if you leave over the last two days, you have to hand them in, and then when you come back, you have to pick them up and everything. And I, really? I went, I, I went to like the store, the like media store, and said, hey, do I have to hand this in when I leave? And they're like, no. They're like confused. They're like, why I would ask that? <laughs> That's insane. I've never had to hand in my media badge for anything. That's nuts. Yeah, well, I guess maybe this year they, they got a little bit more money in the in the media printing badge I guess so. uh, jar, so they allowed people to keep them. <laughs> Imagine the poor guy print, uh, just you know and pinking, uh, pinching pennies everywhere he goes about how much you know paper and ink he's used. Be like, no, they have to bring them back, and we'll reuse them next year. I'll I'll, I'll spend the weekend just whiting out the names. <laughs> we'll use them again next year. Damn it! God damn it! But yeah, believe it or not, everyone, we actually do have some news for this week. Mostly a DC-heavy week, if you can believe it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, uh, they had a lot of stuff going on. I imagine that the news is going to be a little dry for a bit before it picks up probably in the next couple of weeks because New York Comic Con's happening, and usually there's one or two big announcements there. Yeah, and we know there's going to be big DC announcements because they've announced they're going to do all this Rebirth stuff there. So Yeah, which is really, really interesting. I hope I can make it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, CW uh, was first out this week. They finally uh, are talking about what their big crossover is going to be between all their Arrowverse shows. And I hate that it's called the Arrowverse. I'd much I know. I'd much rather call it the Berlantiverse, even though I wasn't a big fan of him for the longest time. But Berlanti verse is much better than Arrowverse, and I know Arrow was first, but still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This, uh, this new crossover is going to be entitled Earth X, and they have a bunch of actually pretty cool comic book-inspired promotional art to show us. Yeah, art by um, Jorge Jimenez, who does like Wonder Woman, Superman, all those really cool books. Is it, is, and is it Jimenez or Imenez? I I think uh, he did like a like a massive... Twitter thread about how you pronounce his last name, or some, someone Poor did, and, and everyone was trying to figure it out. There's a, there's a lot of that going on in the comic industry right now. Do you notice there's, there was like a big Latin explosion the last couple of years of artists from like Latin America and everything coming in and doing mm -hmm. really well? Yep. That's got to be unfortunate for them being like, no one can pronounce my name, and Stanley Leibowitz is like, yeah, that's why I call myself Stan Lee. <laughs> I was afraid no one would be able to say my last name. <laughs> 
But yeah, Earth X, from what we're able to gleam of this, it looks like we're going to be dealing with evil alternate Earth uh, counterparts to all our favorite uh, heroes. Again. Again, where it's like, yeah, on one hand, I'm like, oh, that's cool, they haven't done that before, then I'm like, no. No, wait, they've actually done it quite a few times, because, yeah. Like, every season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had the, like, evil uh, Killer Frost and the evil uh, Heat Wave Death Storm and all this other stuff. They had a whole season of Flash that was evil doubles and counterparts. Shit, even the whole Savitar thing ended up being an evil double counterpart. Yep, Supergirl's fought her bizarro self. Has she actually? I was going to ask that. Yeah. Because the coolest looking one by far is the evil Supergirl. Yeah, the the evil Nazi Supergirl because Earth X is is the uh, the the Ubermensch uh, world, That's the the Mastermen. Uh, do you think they're actually gonna go that direction? Do you think they're gonna actually be like, and then they fought Nazis? Well, all their costumes are pretty much like they are in the comics, more or less, with the SS logo on the sh on the uh, the Flash's costume and, and the Supergirls and everything. And... It's also not like they haven't like planted the seeds for this. I don't know if you watched anything for that Freedom Fighter Ray show, but apparently he fought the Masterman. Yeah, that, that's what was kind of strange to me. They're doing that, but then they're like, oh, well, we're going to do it live action anyway, so... I do that animation one. Hey, they gave Vixen a whole show only to not be able to keep that actress and had to recast her for uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So why did they do anything, Matt? Yeah, yeah. For for everything that's good about the CW superhero universe, and indeed there's a lot of good to write about, they make some dumb decisions every so often. Yep, they do. Whether Whether it's their own fault or whether they're hampered by money, and I get the feeling it's the second one a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, gotta gotta make it work. But yeah, should be cool. I mean, I hope uh, that Flash can improve this season. That was the one that you know used to be my favorite, and then it kind of hit the third season slump. Legends, we kind of hate watched, but Legends kind of found its footing near the end, which was surprising. It did, and this season might be uh, like a really great season. It looks like it might be. Imagine if Legends is the best one this season. Wouldn't that blow you away? <laughs> that would blow me away. That would be fucking shocking. And then Arrow, I don't watch. Supergirl, I gotta start watching because you sing its praises so hard, and it sounds like season three is gonna be pretty damn impressive. It sounds like it's gonna be pretty good. Yeah, it sounds like that show really found its footing, too, and really knows what it is and what it's doing. And then we got Black Lightning coming down, which is not in the same universe, even though it totally should be. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't do that, but if, yeah. And I hear pro if it's successful, they will have a crossover oh, with Flash. Oh, of course they will. They'll find a way, because we've already set up different portal technologies. It's very easy to jump to multiple Earth, and that's that's just the way they'll do it, and that's just how they'll explain how these heroes can't hang out all the time. Yeah. I mean, shit, to think that they built a more believable, more organic Justice League on television first. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of shocking. Like, like if you were an actual time traveler, if you, if you reverse-flashed your way to the past to tell me about this... Yeah, I like, wouldn't believe you. I'd be like, you're fucking insane, future man. Now give me the winning lottery numbers or else. <laughs> give, give me that sports almanac so I can biff it up in here. <laughs> what I want to do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, from uh, DC TV to Marvel TV, we also got the Netflix Marvel Punisher trailer this week as well. 
he did. It just came out of nowhere, much like how Frank does most of the time. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Man, you're just sitting here minding your own business, dr dr drinking your tea, and then it's just like, hmm, is that Metallica's one in the background? Why am I hearing Metallica's one? Oh, God, I'm shot. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I, actually, they, they, they kind of teased it pretty well because they had, like, some internet stuff of, like, little three-second videos shot on, like, gorilla yeah. cam of, like, the Punisher doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, they look really cool. They've been doing it through, like, Instagram and yeah. Twitters and everything. It looks really cool. It's a very interesting, like, media push. And it's funny, too, like, a bunch of the no-name military dudes that he kills. Uh, and you, you've heard of the voice actor Travis Willingham, right? I think so, yeah. It sounds familiar. He voices a bunch of the orcs in the Lord of the Rings stuff. Usually if you see a big beastie dude, he's voiced him. I think I think he's Thor in like one of the Marvel animated ones. He gets around. He's a popular L.A. voice actor. He's part of Critical Role. He's also mm -hmm. like built like a brick shithouse. You wouldn't expect him to be like yeah. a nerdy voice actor because he's like really built and really takes care of himself. He's one of the nameless military dudes that the Punisher kills. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the first one on one of those Instagram videos and all of his buddies were making fun of him on Twitter where it's like, hey, blink and you'll miss Travis. Hey, Travis, we love your big live action debut, Travis. <laughs> I, re I really bought your emoting as the Punisher stabbed you to death. And you're like, Grr -grr. <laughs> that's That's got to be rough there living in L.A. Like, yeah, I'm a really popular voice actor, but I could lead, man. I could be in movies. Hey, a casting call for military, man. I can be military, man. Only yeah, work for 20 minutes. Yeah, work for 20 minutes. Okay, stand over there and uh, John Berthold's going to come in and stab the shit out of you. All right, break. <laughs> but but military man's coming back, right? He's he, he, He's got a rich backstory. Who who, who does he become in the comics? D d dying kickstarts his superpower, right? Nope, nope, he's just a guy. Yeah, I was kind of confused when they didn't send me a big pile of comics on military man. <laughs> Military man, you know, he's uh, he's uh, he's one of the defenders, right? <laughs> m m military man, I think he was a Great Lakes Avenger for a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> Just name like all like the teams that never quite made it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Punisher trailer looked awesome. I don't know how I feel, and maybe you can tell me how you feel about this, Matt. I guess they got a lot of like the Punisher killing gangland rivals out in Daredevil season two. This one looks to be much more interested in essentially turning Frank Castle into Jason Bourne, where it's like, oh, there's a shadowy government conspiracy that he needs to tackle, which admittedly, they do do a lot of in the comics. It just seems like an interesting, like, kind of weird place to start, like, his actual show on. Yeah, well, I, I guess they kind of needed to go that route since that's where he was headed at the end of season two of Daredevil. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, it is, it is kind of weird that they are turning him into Jason Bourne and everything. That, that, could, that could be just the trailer. It could be. For it. Yeah. Tra trailers are misleading and everything. And indeed, like I think probably one of my favorite stories of like Punisher as Jason Bourne was, uh, was that Garth Ennis one, The Valley Forge, Goddamn The Valley Forge, where it's like, you know, the a shadowy government cabal is like, man, this dude's running around with like Green Beret training, killing a bunch of people. This makes us look really bad. We should probably send an elite crack team of soldiers to go catch him, right? <laughs> and the soldiers are like, oh no, he's too good. <laughs> We've been off way more than we could chew. Turns out he's totally awesome. <laughs> and that kind of looks to be where they're going for here. And also, Karen is clearly back. 
Yeah, yeah, Karen's a big part. Well, she was a big part of his storyline in Daredevil Season 2, so... And she's a reporter now, so... She is. It's funny, you know, I I wonder if that'll make Daredevil jealous in any way. It's like, well, she's she's hanging out with, like, Frank a lot. (laughs) I don't know if I like that. No, no, Matt doesn't like that, not one bit. (laughs) Maybe, too, maybe this, like, helps her get some more time in, because obviously the character of Karen, as we know her from the comics, she's got a bit of a ticking clock on her, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joel said as he pointed to no watch. It's a it's like if Gwen Stacy was in like the new Spider Man thing, you'd be like, Oh, that's awesome, I really like Gwen Stacy, but in the back of your mind you'd be like, But when does she die though, and when does the hero feel really bad about it? Yeah, yeah. Especially now if like season three they're going the directions they're going. They could very easily work in the death of Karen Page there if they so wanted. Oh, definitely. But then, then again, she gets a little bit of protection, though, because she's also become New Yurik, so you can't kill Karen unless you have New Yurik. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. To which I have often pitched before, where I'm like, hey, you know, in the comics, Yurik had a nephew who worked at the Daily Bugle, and now that you seemingly have brought Spider-Man back in the fold, that's a place you could take it. Yeah, if they're allowed to use those characters. Yeah, which, I mean, that would... Well, there's talk that Daredevil Season 3 is going to have Sin Eater in it, who is a Spider-Man character, yeah. so if that's true, just yeah, that's true. would be true. Also, mm-hmm. hey, Yurik was a Hobgoblin, too. Wouldn't that be some shit to see the Hobgoblin show up, not in a movie, but show up in Netflix? That'd be pretty cool. Just out of the blue, it's like, oh, look, I'm a fucking Goblin Man with pumpkin bombs, but you didn't <laughs> see that coming. <laughs> and all the defenders are like, "Oh no, he's he's not a magic ninja or a dude in a suit. Shit, we are we are not prepared for this craziness." <laughs> yeah, what, what what do we do? He's not a magical ninja. <laughs> what do we do? Hey, maybe we can call the Avengers. Yeah, maybe we should call the Avengers just once. <laughs> do, do do they have a toll free number? Who do we call? <laughs> no, oh no, that's even better because obviously they know Spider Man works in Queens and is seen in Queens a lot. All four of them would just need to go to Queens, grab Spider Man, and be like, "Call." Tony Stark, damn it. <laughs> they would do that as well. They wouldn't just, like, approach him, like, oh. as Matt Murdock. They would, like, go kidnap him. They'd, they'd get Luke Cage to kidnap him. They're, they're a little nuts. They'd be, Jess would be like, oh, help me. And then, you know, like, Danny and Matt and Luke would jump <laughs> him from behind. <laughs> and like, we got him, quick, throw him in the van. <laughs> well, we've kidnapped a teenager, everybody. There's no, there's no coming back from this for us. <laughs> I'm a lawyer, and we've broken so many laws. <laughs> but we did it for the right reason. But yeah, uh, Punisher looks great. Can't wait for that. I like, too, they even had the, you know, release date redacted. Then they eventually said, hey, it's coming out sooner than you think. Yeah, I think a lot of people expect it to be coming out just after New York Comic Con, like mm. October, middle of October. And then this, uh, some other people are like, they just got to drop it just because, you know, Frank comes out of nowhere and, 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 the, sh- and the show is going to come out of nowhere. Wouldn't, wouldn't shock me at all. Netflix has a proud history of doing that sort of thing. I remember I was really excited for, like, season two of Orange is the New Black. And they're like, hey, guys, we hear you're really excited. So we're just going to release it a week early. <laughs> Imagine having that much power over your own like network and your own streaming service where it's like, you know what? I'm just going to do it now. <laughs> hey, if I get 100 likes and retweets on this tweet, I'm going to release it now. <laughs> Actually, hey, fans of the comic multiverse, if this episode gets 1,000 likes, we'll release the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just I, do do, I don't know how. I don't know how. 
but we'll but do we'll, it. We'll release it. <laughs> we'll, we'll release it. See, what I did there is I picked a number I knew wouldn't happen, or at least in the time it happened, they would have to release the show anyway. <laughs> Look, I said we'd release it. I didn't say we'd release it now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, oh, man, speaking of Netflix, uh, have you heard of that show, uh, American Vandal? I have. I keep seeing avatars. It's. I'm about seven of ten episodes in. It is fucking hilarious. And I know, yeah. as someone like me who's worked camera and has worked audiovisual in school and everything, you would love it the most. The deal is, is that like for those who don't know, American Vandal is a parody of all like those true crime investigative journalist shows, like Serial or Making a Murderer or even like Unsolved Case Files and shit. The joke of it is, though, is that the crime they're trying to solve and the crime they're building the show around is based in a high school where a student supposedly drew, uh, what is it, 27 dicks on 27 cars. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they might expel him for that. Oh, but there's a lot of evidence that says he didn't do it, though. And so one of the AV kids and his friend makes a whole documentary trying to exonerate this kid over 10 episodes. Uh, I might have to watch that. I just started watching, um, on Tom's recommendation, Lucifer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is that still going? It, it is. It's got a new season coming up, and really? I, I'm, I'm mainly catching up because Tom Willing's getting a recurring role on it. Oh, shit. Good for him. Yeah, and, um, but it, it's pretty good. It's a lot different than I thought it was. Yeah. And I'm probably going to keep watching it, because it, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty good. I'm shocked it made it. I know people when we were doing Cape TV, which was a segment we should bring back for this show, honestly. People said, hey, are you guys going to watch Lucifer? And I'm like, no, because I don't think it's going to make it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in, what, third season now? And then same with, like, iZombie. Oh, iZombie made it, too. Holy shit. Yeah, and then there's, there's like, shows like Gotham, like, why, how? <laughs> which, which you said you hate watched the first episode back, and you just had a great time. I did. I decided I'm going to try and watch all the DC TV stuff this this coming uh, television season. And, uh, and Gotham started just up before everything else. So I'm like, oh, watching my ad. Not watching this. This is just too stupid. Well, what was the bit you said there that broke you? The crime license. Apparently, there's crime <laughs> licenses in Gotham. Now. Yeah, yeah. Like Penguin's people now have like crime licenses. So there's like, like there's a scene where like Jim Gordon goes to, like, his, his usual bar to, like, get coffee in the morning, and there's a guy robbing it, and and he and the guy, like, produces a license, and it's like, it's okay, I have a crime license. I'm like, I'm done. I am done. <laughs> that, that would be cheesy for, like, Golden Age Batman comics. <laughs> like, that would be too much, where it's like, ha-ha, Batman, you can't stop me. I've got my crime license. Ooh, he's got the crime license. I can't stop him. <laughs> Who hands out those licenses? I, I thought nothing was dumber then the crime Walmart, which I think was, like, in their first Firefly episode, they had, like, a crime Walmart, where it's like, oh, you know, you gotta go talk to this black market guy, and I assume, oh, it's a dude selling shit out of his trunk. No, it's an actual store set up like a fucking Walmart with, like, guns and flamethrowers and drugs and poison and stuff, and I'm like, what? Yeah, the, the tone of Gotham is fucking ridiculous, because it wants you to take it so seriously sometimes, and then other episodes are completely dumb in flights of fancy, which makes me think like mm -hmm. there's a real fight in the writer's room where some writers are like, no, comics are a serious art form and people will respect good storytelling. And other times writers are like, it's fucking Batman. It's like, it's fucking Adam West, man. Just like, do whatever. No, no one's paying attention. 
Yeah, I do say this though that they they introduced um, Jonathan Crane this this season, and his costume actually looks really good. Did they? I was gonna say. Yeah. They, they say introduced him. He was introduced way back in season one, but he's actually the. Oh God, now. really? Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, remember he... that. No, his, no. His dad was a serial killer because... I know season, that. Season one of Gotham loved dads, apparently, for whatever <laughs> reason. We met Black Mask's dad. We met Scarecrow's dad. He's a dad of palooza Yeah, his dad was going around killing people to steal, like, the fear gland in the body, which we oh, all have. God. We all have a fear gland. And we see his son, little Jonathan, who gets, like, a full blast of, like, whatever fear potion he was making. And that's what <laughs> broke his brain and turned him into Scarecrow. And I'm like, this this show's dumb. Why do I keep watching this? Oh, my God. That, that, yeah, that costume looked really cool. And, and, and Bruce is now dressing up as, as like, proto-Batman. Like, Batman, Batman begins proto-Batman. I've seen the pictures of that, and everyone's like, doesn't he look more like Big Daddy now than Batman? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's too early for this. It's too early. He's still, like, he's, like, 16 or something. He's still in short pants. Yeah. It's never too early for Batman, Matt. Yeah, oh, and also, like, I, I didn't watch any of last season, but, like, I, I watched the recap, and they, they, they used the Lazarus pit on, on Alfred, and oh. it does, it's, it's, like, done nothing to him. It just, like, brought him back to life. He's not insane or anything. Yeah, I mean, well, we're breaking all the rules here. We might as well keep it up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Punisher trailer, everybody, and a little taste of <laughs> a Cape TV segment when we choose to do one. I say we should make Cape TV a segment of the show every week. Maybe we'll like cut comic time in half to talk about shows. But I think we should make it like a real like radio zoo thing. I think we should have a little Cape TV jingle. <laughs> in fact, I'll throw that out to the fans there. Hey, fans, if you know anything about music or remixing or editing or anything, let's let's have a little contest. Let's have the Cape TV, uh, what is it, jingle contest. And if we really like it, we'll use it in the show. There we go. There we go. The trick is put your fans to work for you to cover up for your own <laughs> fact that you can't edit worth a shit. <laughs> it really works. And uh, speaking of more trailer news, we talked about two TV shows. Here's a comic that got a trailer, a rather rare thing that I think they should do more of. On Friday, DC released uh, a trailer starring Jeff Johns talking up Doomsday Clock. Mm, and it, it didn't really reveal anything that we didn't already know. It didn't, but I think it hit home the severity of this event, and that is Jeff Johns creative spearhead and president of DC Comics is sitting down to talk to you directly about this, why it's important, and also why he promises, swears, crosses his heart, hopes to die. He will not shit on the legacy of Watchmen. Yeah, so no Batman versus Rorschach. No. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> There's time. <laughs> I mean, that could be the thing, like, he could have this whole thing putting people at ease, but then it's like, yeah, and then Batman travels back in time, and he freaking, you know, punches Dr. Manhattan in the nuts before he goes into the big machine that makes him Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> and then Superman goes back in time and wins Vietnam, and that happens. <laughs> and also, these were all in the same universe all at the same time, you just didn't know. Yeah. They also showed some interesting cover work. Of course, we saw the black and white one of Batman seemingly reading Rorschach's journal, the one that I'm sure impressed you because it impressed me. Lex Luthor looking much more evil than he does recently with a hand on his shoulder with a big fancy gold cuff on it. 
Yeah, yeah, and obviously that cuff belongs to Ozamendeus. Yeah, who else do you uh, know who has big uh, gold cuffs? Unless it's just but, booster gold. Well, well, I put out like a little theory. I'm like, I'm like, I know, I know it's Ozamendeus, but in the past, Lex Luthor in like doomsday esque stories where the world's ending has sort of had control over Captain Marvel. Hmm. Uh, like he did in like Kingdom Come and Justice and stuff like that. And Shazam has been missing for a long time, so wouldn't that? And, and he's he's scheduled to come back soon. I remember. I think it was Jeff Jones or someone else said that something's going to be happening with him. And obviously, we're seeing stuff in in metal to do with you know the Rock of Eternity and yes. the Wizard and everything. Yeah, fucking Wizard Shazam beat Shazam back to being relevant in comics. How sad is that? <laughs> <laughs> Wizard Shazam has had more panel time in metal than Billy Batson has had in like the last year. Man, that's sad when you stop and think about it. But yeah, Doomsday Clock should be cool. I think it's nice that they drop trailers for comic events where it's like the creators actually sitting down and being like, "Look, this is why you should care. This is why it's important." Yeah, it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of a new thing. They only just started. Like the the last thing I think was like Secret Empire, and we got like Generations yeah. and. I think Legacy just got one as well. I hope they keep up with it, because it's like, hey, every other piece of media gets a trailer. Why should comics be any different? In fact, that's yeah. a good way to evolve and change and make sure even lax readers get back into reading. Yeah, and it's a good way to yeah catch people up if they don't know what it's about. Yeah, totally. Which, yeah, that was the best thing it did to actually hear Jeff Johns do like a brief history of DC Rebirth and The Watchmen and how we got to this point. Yeah, yeah. That was really nice, and hey, shameless pluggy plug for me, uh, probably by the time this episode goes up, it's probably already rendered and on their channel, but uh, the DC Fan Channel actually let me see this trailer like a day early, and I got to do a little breakdown on it, so you can go see that. Cool. They, they gave it to me, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool, I'll record it and send it off, and ah, but it's the weekend, and it's Batman Day, so this video's gonna get bumped regardless <laughs> of what I do. Oh, well, it was still fun to say I saw it a day before everyone else. <laughs> and and speaking of Watchmen news, this actually dovetails quite nicely into the next story. HBO officially orders Watchmen pilot from Damon Lindelof. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to feel about Damon this. Lindelof. Yeah, I know. And also Watchmen's like, look, for what it's worth, I actually quite enjoyed the Zack Snyder Watchmen movie, especially that like three-hour-long extended cut. The only way I could see a Watchmen series being, like, as good, if not better, is if they, like, really uh, change up the tone and try and be more tonally accurate. Yeah, well, I think they probably are going to go for more um, comic accurate than the Zack Snyder one. It's really the but... only thing you can do, because it's like, for better or worse, what was in the comic is what you got on screen. Pretty much, they had to change the ending, of course. They had to change the giant octopus, which, I mean, I guess that's the big thing going further. Will we see space octopus on HBO? We've seen dragons, so I think they can afford a space octopus. Yeah, and we don't know, like, what the deal is with this series. Is, is it going to, like, do, like, what the comics was? Like, 12 issues, 12 episodes, just one season, one and done? If they were smart, that's how they would do it. But the problem is, if it's... If it's uh, successful they might end up well we've got these before watchmen comics yeah let's let's work that in and also hey this tales of the black freighter thing that happens in the background <laughs> let's just do all of tales of the black see, freighter see if they did tales of the black freighter they'd have another game of thrones-esque series they'd uh, they'd have black flag but with more money yeah 
which I actually watched the first couple episodes of that Black or no Black Sails. Black Flag is the Assassin's yeah. Creed game. I Black Sails is good. Yeah, Black Sails is actually quite solid. It's a solid pirate show. It is. It's pretty good. Made made, made me want to be a pirate. Then I remembered. Oh yeah, I, I love fruits and vegetables, so I I couldn't be a pirate. I don't have enough scurvy to be a scurvy dog. <laughs> I like hygiene. I like hygiene. Made I'd be right on that ship and be like, yeah, let's go looting and plundering. And oh wow, you all smell horrible. Jesus, <laughs> Jeff, it's called deodorant. Fuck. Wow, everyone here is diseased and there's no women. This this place sucks. Why did I ever want to be a pirate? Damn. <laughs> Although, then again, that goes for, like, most of the cool archetypes. Like, yeah, I want to be a cowboy, you know, gunfights and saloons, and, oh, I need to actually herd cattle at some point? Damn. <laughs> hey, I'm a... And anything can kill you? Like, a, a flesh wound could just kill you? Oh, no, Joel got a cut. Well, let's put him out of his misery, then. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, Joel's 30. He's really old now. <laughs> he can't do it anymore. <laughs> He's going to die. He's got the tuberculosis, like in Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the Burke, man. Okay, well, I, I want to be a Viking then. Okay, do you like frigid, horrible, cold temperatures, also sailing on water, and bugs so bad you gotta bleach your hair blonde to keep it out? How's that sound? <laughs> Not great. But but I get to do some plundering, though. Actually, real-life Vikings didn't do near as much plundering as you think. <laughs> but I get a horned helmet, right? Oh, no, no, horned helmets are actually no. bullshit. That's not real. Yeah. Well, fuck. Is anything real? <laughs> is anything I enjoy real? No, apparently not. Apparently history is just full of lies. <laughs> what you want to be is in the TV and movie versions of those famous histories. <laughs> is what you really want to be. Uh, but, yeah, so that's the Watchmen show. I mean, it could really go either way. It could, it could. And, I mean, they're just ordering a pilot. It could not make it to series. Mm -hmm. Although I doubt it. It's like a big superhero genre thing in a time when everyone wants their own superhero show, and it's Lindelof. And it's pop. It's popular again. Watchmen is pop thanks to DC Rebirth. Yeah, the timing is almost too perfect on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if anyone could do it, it could be HBO. HBO doesn't really make shitty content. Even like their weakest content blows other shows' strongest content out of the water. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It might uh, might be interesting to see what they do. And again, if they want to do it more tonally accurate to the comic, I mean, I guess that could be cool. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff you could draw on that could be considered topical even in the day and now. So, you know, people people might rediscover it or discover it for the first time. Excuse me. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that. Now, uh, from another piece of TV news back to comic news here, we, uh, me and Matt talked about New York Comic Con and how they usually announce a bunch of big shit there. One of the rumored announcements is apparently Jeff Johns is going to finally reveal to the world that they have reached a deal, he and DC Comics, for the Milestone catalog of characters. Oh, that's going to be interesting. It will be interesting. Now, this story, if you're a frequent listener of the comic multiverse, and I really hope you are, uh, we've been following this one very, very closely. I, of course, have been saying since time immemorial, what, what am I going to get more static? What am I going to get more hardware and Blood Syndicate and Icon and all these other characters? Why <laughs> why aren't they here? Why, why, does the, uh, why does Stormfront get to have, like, uh, what is it, uh, their own little side universe? Why does, you know, uh, all these other uh, imprints get their own little side thing? Why, why not the Watchmen? Or no, I was going to say, why not uh, the Milestone characters? And the idea that we eventually hit upon is they were going to do it. They announced they were going to do it. They were going to bring mm -hmm. it back as its own little side imprint. 
only for Dwayne McDuffie's wife and executor of his estate to come up and say, uh, yeah, you literally can't because I literally own 51% of all of these holdings and you went ahead and did this without my okay. Yeah, they didn't mention her, mention it to her at all. No, and in fact, here's the thing. Like, the lawsuit, like, she sued them the last time we talked about this, being like, hey, you totally tried to pull a fast one on me, and you totally went behind my back on this one. That lawsuit is still pending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So either, like, one of them had to budge on it is the thing. Either they wrote her a check for a massive amount of money, which is likely. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, someone someone had to budge on this one. Or maybe they just went ahead where it's like, okay, well, we'll go ahead with the characters that we own in our 49%. Yeah. Which seems destined to fail. Where it's like, hey, here's, here's half an imprint. Here's half a universe. <laughs> Not even half. Less than half. Because it would only be 49%. <laughs> It's it's a real shame because I want to see Milestone do good. I want to see these heroes resurrected and playing a bigger part in the DC universe. But I also don't want Dwayne McDuffie's widow to be screwed over. Yeah, yeah. I I really don't want his memory to be tarnished. And in fact, it makes DC look not so great that they were willing to go ahead with this. No, I don't really know why they didn't. Whether it was just like communications got crossed or... Yeah. yeah, it seems like a dick move. It it doesn't look good. At at best, they look like idiots because it's like, oh, oh, we didn't own all of that? Oh, fuck, I thought we owned all of that. Oh, my God, friggin' who, who, who's supposed to be reading this shit? Friggin' Jeff in the legal department, you fucked up again. We, we announced this. We're getting sued now, Jeff. Jesus Christ. Or at worst, well, fucker, let's just do it anyway. What's she gonna say about it? Yeah can't stop us, we'll hold her up in court for years. It's like, too, like, I, I keep calling her Dwayne McDuffie's widow, which is kind of offensive, because she's she's not a nobody. She, like, developed a bunch of different stuff. Like, she's a creator and a writer and everything, too. I, I never watched Ben 10, but apparently that was her and McDuffie's baby Very originally. Popular. Yeah. That was, like, their thing originally. I don't think it's them anymore. I think that actually got taken away from her. There's, like, Man of Action or whoever the fuck that is. Yeah, is the main power. But I say man of action like it's one person, but man of action is like 12 fucking people. Yeah, it's like group of people. They do like all those, it's Spider-Man and all those sorts of stuff. Yeah, which is very confusing where it's like, by man of action. I'm like, who is man of action? <laughs> you can't give yourself a superhero name. That would be like if Matt and I did something. It's like, by comic multiverse. <laughs> Who's comic multiverse? Well, technically it's two guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's the milestone thing. I will be very 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 closely watching how this shakes out and in fact nothing could shake out this 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 could be nothing this could be like a big nothing we could go back to not hearing about it for five years but you know i i, I will put i will put this story to rest matt this is my own friggin ahab and the white whale is what this is yeah yeah I, i'm interested to see what they have to say at new york comic-con yeah, this 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 story to me is to like the cop in the cop show. It's like, oh, and that serial killer got away, but I swore I would find him. <laughs> I stay up at night drinking, looking over my case notes of this milestone thing. <laughs> that's that's my thing. This is the thing that keeps me up at night. So, uh, yeah, with that uh, with that out of the way, we can finally hop on into what we read this week. And it it was another big week. I uh, I haven't read everything cool. yet still. No, neither have I. I've still got a massive pile thanks to me going away on the weekend and everything. Oh yeah, that uh, that always does it. So I mean, I guess I guess I'll kick off here because you kicked off last week. 
and I'll actually take a closer look at what I have here even. Um, I guess uh, one of the first big ones that came out this week was Batman number 31. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. the penultimate issue, I think, of War of Jokes and Riddles, unless they put in another Kite Man-focused issue, which they it, might. It's hard, it's hard to tell what's the po- penultimate issue in this, in this book, because there's no... Nothing's happening. No, because there's no beginning, middle, or end to it, really. No. Just kind of keeps going and going. Uh, I mean... It's it's funny. So it's, it's like they try and build all this drama to where it's like, oh, you know, if we if we catch the Joker, he's holed up in this building. If we catch him, we can end the war. Oh, but he's booby trapped the building all around him. How are we gonna get in? I'm like, why do you have to get in? Why don't you just leave him there? Eventually, he'll need to like go for takeout or for a piss or something. Surely you can catch him at that point. <laughs> yeah, just just keep the building under constant surveillance everywhere. And and the thing is like. Why did Batman? If Batman knew where he was, he'd already he's stopped the war. He's got Riddler's, mm-hmm. you know, trust, it, it, whatever that is. Um, know, right? So why why does he need any of those guys? Um, so why doesn't Batman just go and stop Joker on his own? Yeah, you, you've defeated his army. You've locked them all up or hospitalized them. He has no one left. He's just a guy now. You could really have left this one for the police. Yeah, and if and you know if. If he, if Batman did just go after him, just after he found out the building, that guy that Joker was cutting up would probably still be alive. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And, like, that's the thing, too. They don't even say, like, oh, we got to take the building. Joker has hostages. No, yeah. Joker maybe had one hostage, then Joker murdered said hostage, so now he really has no bargaining chips. Yeah, yeah. The, the bit that makes me laugh hilariously, Batman and Riddler are like, oh, we, 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 we can't scout the building or else, you know, we could alert him and we could set off the booby traps. We need to send in someone we can trust. We need to send in the ultimate grease man or woman in this case. And it's Catwoman. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, stop everything. The whole framing device of War of Jokes and Riddles is Bruce Wayne proposed to Selina Kyle, then says, oh, I need to tell you my darkest, you know, secret, the thing I could never tell anyone else then proceeds to tell the story of War of Jokes and Riddles. She was there the whole time! She was there for every important moment. You're literally telling her a story she was there for. Also, like, like she, her, her whole deal was like that they were going to let her break in or something, but she did. She just, like, climbed up and, like, oh, Joker's in that room. Like, what was stopping Batman from getting on, like, an adjacent building and just, like, looking in through the windows or using, like, a bat blimp or drone or something? <laughs> You see, you see, everyone. No, no one thought Windows is the thing. No one considered the two-way power of Windows in this situation. Well, the, the whole reason for that is so they can be like, "Oh, here's a payoff for Kite Man, the only character who's been consistent through this whole yep. thing." Yep, the only character who has any development. The character who, in fact, as we truly discover in this issue, Kite, Kite Man's the key to all of this. If we get Kite Man right. He's a funnier character than we've ever had before. We just got to get Kite Man right. Because, yeah, the whole big moment is when Batman's like, oh, how are we going to get up there? We can't fly. Kite Man's like, but I can. And then they're all on kites. I'm like, this is why Tom King wrote it. He wrote it all for this moment right here. And, like, Batman could fly. He has a grapple gun. He has a cape that turns into wings. He has a blimp. (laughs) Which he uses in this. He he has a Fulton recovery system, as we find out. (laughs) But somehow he needed all of this. And I'm sure some people are like, no, but he meant to do it so that he could defeat uh, Joker's, or so he could defeat Riddler's minions. 
Did he, though? Because when we break it down, Batman didn't actually do anything in this whole story. Catwoman scouted the Joker. Mm-hmm. Kite Man got them all into the building. Riddler defeated Joker, and then Kite Man defeated Riddler's henchmen. Yeah. Yeah. And then Riddler defeated Kite Man. So, yeah. and, and and even that, like, if you would just take Kite Man out and leave everything else in, it would still all be the same. Because mm-hmm. you just say, "Oh, Batman would have done all that." So, like, why didn't Batman do all that? Batman basically sat there slack jawed the entire issue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you, Joker. I'm gonna get you, or not, <laughs> or not, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's it's amazing to see Batman play second fiddle in what was supposed to be his own story. At least I, th- <laughs> I think it was supposed to be his own story. In truth, I don't know what War of Jokes and Riddles was supposed to be. Yeah, I yeah, I it was just a a thing to get Joker back, I guess, for an arc. I guess. So they can put him on the covers. <laughs> even though he's already in metal, so I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't know, and even like, like I saw the solicitation for like the next story arc, and it looks like. Bruce wants to do something, like, because of his pr- proposal to Selena's mm. change something in his mind, and he wants to become better at something. And it sounds like all, like, the, the Robins and the Bat family want to stop him from doing yeah. that. I'm like, why would they want to stop him from doing that? He wants to become better, yeah. change his life. <laughs> yeah, but he's Batman, so he'll probably be a dick about it. He's probably, like, one of those self-improvement gurus who's like, I drink wheatgrass juice every day. <laughs> Why is he even still Batman? His father told him to stop being Batman. Yeah, they, they never went back to that, which is kind of unfortunate. That was actually like a really great moment from the end of the button, being like, you know, don't don't feel like you have to be Batman for me, son. Don't feel like you have to honor me or avenge me. Live your life. Don't give in to anger. And Batman really thinks about it for a minute, and he's like looking out the window, and he's like, you know, yeah, there's something I gotta do, Alfred. And then he goes and proposes to Catwoman. I'm like, okay, well, is this the end of Batman? Are they going to marry him off? Is this what they're going to do? I don't know. That interesting thread got lost because we've had two whole months of War of Jokes and Riddles. Yeah, and then he's suddenly like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go have baby Darkseid blast me back to the past so I can kill a a, a bat god because of reasons. Look, I saw Samurai Jack, Matt, and I really want to go back, back to the past, Samurai Bat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what I want to do. Metal's awesome, by the way. We'll talk more about metal later. Yeah. But yeah, so that's War of Jokes and Riddles. I will say about this new issue what I've said about this entire event up until now, and that is, I don't get it. Yeah, why? <laughs> Just, yeah, why? And I don't get it. And here's the thing, too. Like, they keep they keep stringing you along with being like, oh, it's such a dark secret. It'll be a surprise that will rock your world. Well, you got one issue left. You waited for it all to be the end better be pretty fucking good at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, at this point, I'm just assuming his dark secret is he teamed up with the Riddler. Yeah, if that's... And I'm like, I'm like, Batman's teamed up with villains before, how is that big dark secret? <laughs> hey, here's the question I want to know. How did Riddler go from, like, super-built, hand-to-hand combatant to guy in Dark Knight's metal who needed a magic card just so he could stand up to all the heroes and still gets one punch defeated? reasons <laughs> because yeah, he just really you know started slacking you know i mean he sold his crossfit membership and you know he just stopped hitting the gym he he, he really got into league of legends and he just never went back to working out <laughs> that's riddler's problem that's that's the thing like like tom king does a lot of stuff right mr miracle continues to be awesome vision was great yeah i i remember i'm because i'm like i'm trying to think of other tom king stuff i liked 
His Swamp Thing one-shot he did was really strong. I mean, Mega Men's really good. Oh, Mega Men, I never read, but I heard good things. Here's an issue, though, with Tom King's writing. It's very apparent in Batman. Tom King doesn't give a fuck about power levels, does he? I don't think so, no. He really doesn't, because, like, characters fight where it's like, that should be over quick, where it's like, oh, yeah, Deathstroke and Deadshot are evenly matched. No, they're not. Not even no. close. And, no. And Riddler's a tough hand-to-hand -hand combatant who can take out the Joker and do all this other stuff. No, he shouldn't. Not really. His thing is that he's like a smart dude who doesn't have to hit you. <laughs> yeah, but what if he was, though? What if, what if he was Alex in A Clockwork Orange? And I'm like, okay. That, it's weird to make that your prequel interpretation of him, though, because it doesn't gel <laughs> with literally anything we see after. No. All right. No, and, and this is supposed to be, like, what, a year after Zero Year? Where he was, like, some skinny dude, you know, holding Gotham ransom. Now he's, like, yeah, a built clockwork, clockwork orange droog-looking motherfucker. Yeah, or, or what did we call him last week? An Irish dock worker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Irish fisherman. Dude, he's just out there just freaking blasting the House of Pain music is all he's doing. <laughs> Top of the morning to ya. He, th that's what he loves. That's what that's what Riddler loves. House of Pain. <laughs> actually, actually, he kind of looks like Everlast. Like I could imagine Everlast would be one of the dudes in his gang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and his riddle is just that song. And now you know, really know what it's like, right? <laughs> that's that's not a riddle. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a question, but <laughs> that's that's another thing too. Uh, and again, this could be intentional. All the jokes Joker has had in War of Jokes and Riddles have sucked, and all of Riddler's riddles have sucked. Isn't the point of, like, Joker's, like, jokes sucking because he hasn't found something that makes him laugh or something? I think. That, that was, like, a thing in, like, the first issue, and they never really visited that anymore. I guess they'll have to finish it for the end. Like, maybe, maybe Batman does something so horrible uh. that Joker laughs, and Batman's like, oh, and I gave the Joker his laugh, and that's... That's the thing I hated, and that's my darkest secret. Well, he probably... Batman probably, like, murders the Joker or something. People kills keep, him. People keep saying that, then, like, and this might tie into the three Joker theories, where it's like he killed one, but he kept coming back. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I guess, well, I guess we'll wait. Because they keep saying the yeah. three Joker story is Jeff Johns' story to tell. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, just, I, I don't know about that. I just don't know. Maybe maybe Batman drops his pants and, like, you know, Joker laughs at his tiny bat dick. He's like, and then the Joker totally saw my dick. I, I, I got exposed on stream, Selena, and that's my darkest secret. Wow, dude, you, you got problems. Also, thank you for telling me the story for all those times I was there and not just skipping ahead to the end. <laughs> well, you know, I just I thought the story needed a little bit more padding, you know. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for all those moments you talked about Kite Man while I'm sitting here post-sex. <laughs> that was that was good of you, Batmensch. All right, now what uh, what did you have? I think we've given more than enough time to War of Jokes and Riddles. Uh, I had Batman, uh, Green Arrow issue thirty-one. Shit, you see, you read that one yet? I haven't had a chance to read this yet. This is the big finale of the Hard Traveling Heroes. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. All the Justice League come to help. Help Oliver and and Hal, uh, who uh, are falling to Earth in the rubble of that uh, was it Ninth Circle satellite thing they defeated. Yeah, their big spy yeah. satellite. Yeah, and they, they kind of bring the the Ninth Circle down because oh, of really? that satellite. Yeah, well, 
it, it's not really clear, like, because this is the end of that of that arc, and right. we're not really given any sort of uh, closure on them, really, no. like, except for, except for that satellite that's it's destroyed, and the, the the night circle now don't have eyes on everything. Right. Um, but yeah, we we get a little bit of that, and Oliver still needs oh, to learn that the night circle is led by his mother. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine we're going to learn that after Metal, or during Metal, maybe. Yeah, because uh, Green Arrow gets a tie-in next. The next issue is his tie-in to Metal. Yeah, um, but yeah, he gets offered a, a, a seat on the Justice League. Ooh. Uh, after, like, Superman, Flash, Wonder Woman, all of them saw how much of a hero he's become, and about how much he's changed, and everything. Uh, and and he, the, the rebirth he went through. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he says, nah, I don't really like teams, but I, I'll i be on the team, but I won't be on the team. I'll be your rogue operative. Ah, I'll, I'll be like Batman. I'll do the shit you can't be seen <laughs> yeah. doing. Yeah, and, and it's funny because Batman actually gives him a mission, oh. and it's to go to Gotham City and watch over Damien and the other uh, Bat family members because something's really coming. That's really good. That ties in directly yeah. to what he's doing in Metal. I like that a lot. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. That's cool. It's almost like, hey, yeah, Green Arrow should be part of a Justice League. He should be on Justice League of America, because that's literally the TV-adjacent team, but they want to sell the book, so Batman's the leader. Yeah, yeah, he should be on that. Maybe he might. Like, maybe after this whole thing, maybe Batman's like, hey, go join this other team of, like, people who are kind of like you. Yeah, because that's a story they still need to tell. Like, I wonder how Green Arrow would feel where it's like, oh, Black Canary got on a Justice League before before me? She, she, they asked her. <laughs> she hasn't told me? No, and she didn't. T- wow, for relationship foul. Jesus. <laughs> Green Arrow being like, look, I was being a creepy boyfriend and reading your text messages. You're on a Justice League and you didn't tell me? <laughs> <laughs> that hurt my feelings. <laughs> I wanted to be, but then I didn't want to be. That's That sounds like something I would definitely enjoy. I can't wait to read that one. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, what else did we have this week? Oh, uh, speaking of metal, and we were, I guess we might as well jump into the first big time. We got our first look into uh, the Dark Knight's origins, these evil multiversal Batmans, and the first one this week was called Red Death. Yeah, and it, it did a really good job of explaining what exactly the Dark Universe is. Oh, and, wow. and I, I it, it explained it more than I thought it was going to be. So it's really? basically this... 52 negative Earths. Yeah, which does that mean there's like... And they're all in a process of dying. Yeah, it's like, does that mean there's 104 DC Earths in general? That's what I said. And I guess basically there are, because they... Yeah, they're around, and they're they're always in this constant state of death, so there's always 52. Which that's got... There's never more or less. It is funny to see the first time we see the Dark Universe. Oh, they're in the middle of a crisis. Oh, it's a crisis every day for them? That sucks. Yeah, pretty. It's pretty much a crisis every day for him, and uh, on Earth, negative fifty-two. At least it is, and Batman's kind. He, I, I like to like the, these. These aren't villain Batman. They're not just straight up villains. They're just Batman who are much like the main Earth Batman, but just do something a little, a little bit more far. than him. Yeah, yeah like in this one, he's a Bruce Wayne who wants the Speed Force so he can change the past and yeah. what's happened to, to the past. The, the funny thing is, and like again, hats off to Joshua William for this, it would have been really easy to be like, oh, and here's just worlds where Batman is evil or he's a dick for some reason. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like, here's Batman as you know him, 
but he goes too far in a couple of places, and yeah, in this thing, he wants the Speed Force, but he wants it for what's ultimately a good reason. He's like, well, look, Barry, if you give me the Speed Force, then I can fix the world and I can save us all. But Barry rightfully going, nah, you're a mental case, and on top of it, have you never read any of my books? Have you seen all the times I've tried to fix things with the Speed Force? <laughs> I'm, I'm an expert, you're a layman, what are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah, and it, it does something really interesting because I, I think a lot of everyone was saying like, oh, it's just going to be Bruce Wayne with Speed Force powers. Mm. That's not the case. It's Bruce Wayne and Barry fused in like a firestorm type situation. Well, see, a lot of people were saying that the way I read it, and again, I could be totally wrong, is Barry burns up when they drive directly into the Speed Force, but because all dead speedsters go and eventually become part of the Speed Force... When Batman got the Speed Force, Barry came along for the ride, too, and that's why he's still yelling at him in his head. Yeah, they've kind of, like, fused sort of together with his, the Speed His Force. ghost is following him around, basically. Yeah, yeah. The, the one thing, though, that I'm really kind of uh, weirded out about is that it's a negative Earth. It's a dark universe. So, like, why aren't they... Do, do they not have negative Speed Force? Or is it, would that be too similar to the story that's going on in Flash at the moment? <laughs> that that could be the way, or it could be just like, no, you know, it's like, the negative universe is just like us, only all of our, like, dark ideas and ambitions are put there. So everything is the same, so, yeah. but it's just slightly different. Where, I guess so, yeah. Where, like, to use a D&D &D term, everything is chaotic neutral instead of, like, neutral <laughs> good. Everything's just slightly more chaotic. What's, what's yeah. funny, too, is they seem to use this book to set up the other set of big tie-ins to metal, because there's the Gotham Resistance mm. book running in Teen Titans and Nightwing and Green Arrow and uh, Suicide Squad, but there's also one running through Flash, Cyborg, Justice League, and Green Lanterns, and we see Red Death show up in, like, the main universe central city, and he's just causing all sorts of shit for everybody. Yeah, he's, he's way too OP. He is. <laughs> he's way too OP. He just immediately, like... Ages Flash and Wally. Which is a really clever way to use the Speed Force, where it's like, yeah, if he can just accelerate the time around you, if he can, like, manipulate chronal energies, yeah, he can, like, basically suck the youth out of you or make you really old without trying. Yeah. The, the only thing I really hope is that we don't get another story of a speedster who has a better grasp on the Speed Force than Barry, because that, that seems to always happen. It's kind of everybody. Everyone's better at it than him. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's a better Flash than him. What's What's beautiful, too, is, like, you know, whenever the Flash runs, he leaves, like, lightning bolts behind him. That's his thing. But what does Red Death leave behind him? Bats. Bats. <laughs> it's always bats. <laughs> always with the fucking bats, this guy. Yeah, and I guess, like, the Batman who laughs can now, like, just, just jump into, like, any dark universe and pick out whoever he wants. Yeah, he's, he, it's cool, too. He's the narrator of these stories. He's, like, telling it to you, the reader, like, hey, and let me tell you a tale of a dark night. Yeah, yeah. And also, his story is last, which is interesting. Mmm, that's important, then. It's very important. I could imagine him doing that, where it's like, so I've told you the tale of five other Dark Knights, but allow you to tell, uh, allow me to tell you about myself. Because mm. you gotta wonder, where it's like, okay, so if this is how Batman became Red Death, how the fuck did Batman become the Batman who laughs? Mm. Well, well, he kind of makes reference to it, and a beautiful quote, where he's like, you know, one bad day can kill a world, but a bad week, oh, that can kill a multiverse. <laughs> so it's like, oh, is that what this Batman is? Is this the Batman who has Joker's one bad day that breaks him completely and turns him into a psycho? I guess so, yeah. 
that would be like a follow-on from that story yeah yeah that would that would be interesting because again because you know obviously you know that grant morrison theory of being like oh no no the way i read it is you know batman broke joker's neck in that story wouldn't it be funny if that's how that story starts where it's like yeah and then batman broke joker's neck and from there it was all downhill yeah that that would be pretty cool that would be that would be crazy. But again, too, you gotta explain. But then, why did he start dressing like a centibite, though? How did how did that happen? Yeah, stuff. Like we said, everything went downhill. He started watching all the Hellraiser movies, and he's like, "Look, you know that pinhead has some good ideas, Alfred." Well, he maybe might have been infected with like the metals or something, or that too. Or yeah. maybe he took a bunch of Joker venom to the face or something. Yeah, or Joker Joker venom infused metals or something. Actually, that would be a very Jokerish bit where it's like, oh, oh, kill me, oh, you killed me, but I bled a bunch of, like, toxic Joker venom on you or something. Yeah. That was my thing where it's like, even in death, I fuck with you, Batman. Mm-hmm. I would, uh, I would dig that one out. What else did you have, Matt? Uh, Nightwing, issue 29. Yes, the part two of Gotham Resistance. I didn't like this one as much as Titans, which is funny because I love Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this one spent a little too much time trying to get people who don't read Nightwing up to speed on everything I already knew. That's probably why I liked it. There you go. It, it well, told me, it told me what was happening. It did its job because literally, it gets you up to speed on Oliver. It's like, hey, I'm Nightwing, you know, former Robin, living in Bloodhaven, back here to help out my Bat family. Hey, you know this metal stuff? I actually had the inside track on it. I fought Doctor Hurt, who was another follower of Barbatos, but you didn't know that at the time. And, uh, hey, he slashed my head with an nth metal dagger, and now I'm getting these crazy headaches that are bringing me closer and closer to the source of the metal. Yeah, and I like that they, that they were, they're in, like, that, that level two of, mm-hmm. of the maze, and they're fighting Mr. Freeze, who I didn't actually like Mr. Freeze this one, because he didn't get as much as what Riddler did in, he really did. in, in his, which is really, really, really terrible, because Mr. Freeze is one of my favorite villains. Same. And... And you could tell a really good story about him with this massive power he's been given and, like, what he could do with it, but he just seems to make ice monsters. Yeah, was all he... Well, it's funny because it's like Riddler's power upgrade played into who he is, where it's like, oh, I'm a game master and everything, and so now I get to build a maze and I get to use my super smarts. With Mr. Freeze, it's like, oh, I'm Kratos now. Yeah, and I I would have thought, like... I would have thought, like, well, why couldn't he, you know, bring back his wife or something? And That would have been wonderfully creepy if instead of, like, a bunch of ice monsters, it's a bunch of snow Noras running around. Yeah, or, like, he brings her back and they become, like, king and queen of this ice realm. That would be fun. I would do that. Oh, and he could be all, like, regal-looking and shit. Or it's like, oh, it's yeah. my frozen wonderland that I promised her. And then maybe have, like, Dick play into that and be like, dude, Victor, none of this is real. Yeah, exact, exactly, exactly. See, we're, we're telling a better story, but that's the thing. It wasn't really about any of that. It was about telling people, yes, Nightwing Dick Grayson will be important to the rest of this story. And also, to bring back kind of the Court of Owls for a minute, because like all, all, the villains are getting upgrades, so now it's time for the heroes to get an Nth Metal upgrade. Yeah, all the all the uh, heroes got cool nth metal costumes now, and except, except Dick, Dick I, I figured like that that cover we saw with Dick and the other. I thought, oh, that's going to be nth metal armor, but it's just like a thermal bat suit. Mm-hmm. Thermal bat suit, which again, I will say this to all the nth metal redesigns: those are going to be great action figures one day, or great alternate costumes for injustice. Yeah, yeah. 
That's kind of what they were. It's funny, like we said before, the first issue felt a lot like a video game. This felt a lot like a and d campaign. In fact, Harley Quinn even makes a Nat 20 joke in this, where it's like, oh, they, they got their plus two swords of smiting, and now they're ready to go fight the Frost Giants. <laughs> yeah, they, they rolled a natural 20. They did. They were they were all kitted out. You know, they min maxed the shit out of their characters. Green Arrow was the Ranger. <laughs> oh man, that's that's one for the comment section right there of the Gotham Resistance team. Who who is what class? I think uh, Damien is the Rogue, obviously, because he's small mm-hmm. and he's sneaky. Green Arrow's the Ranger. That's just obvious right there. I mean, Killer Croc yeah. is the Barbarian. Uh, yeah. I guess Dick would be the Fighter. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's what I got. Everyone else can figure out the rest of them. <laughs> I think I, th- I think Harley's the only other one. I don't know what Harley would be. I guess Harley's the bard because you know she she pumps yeah. everyone else up. She she gives buffs to the rest of the team. Yeah, and oh, we, we did talk about like the Suicide Squad and Teen Titans. They all got turned into like weird creatures or yeah. something by the Batman who last Robin. Yeah, I didn't think we'd see those characters again. Hats off to them to be yeah. like, no, 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 we didn't forget about the rest of the teams. They will be important. Yeah, half of their team went off and split up, and it is on the other side it teamed up, and then the rest of the teams teamed up. Yeah, a lot of that going on. But yeah, I mean, Gotham Resistance... Gotham Resistance is so good and so cool and such like an actually interesting idea to do a series of tie-ins to a bigger event. I might actually read Bad Out of Hell, too, which is the sister one. Mm-hmm. Especially because you know Josh Williams is going to be writing a lot of that, so I mean, yeah, that's that's Nightwing. It was it was it was good. It was good. It was okay. I thought the first one was better, but I'm definitely still into it. Yeah, yeah, and, I thought it was really good issue. And like Matt said, if you haven't been reading uh, Nightwing, don't be put off by it because they spend way too much no. time catching you up on everything you need to know. Yeah, he did a really good job of catching up. I thought I was going to be lost. Yeah, there you go. Not not lost at all. It's got it all. Uh, what else did I have this week? Oh, it was a big Spider-Man-centric week. Uh, I got Spider-Men 2, issue number 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Spider-Man actually show up in this issue. <laughs> yeah, this has been a weird storyline. Uh, no Spider-Man show up. Instead, it opts to give the secret origin story of the 616 Miles Morales and tell you what his deal is. Only it doesn't really tell you what his deal is, because instead we see Miles' origin through the eyes of a young Wilson Fisk before he ever became the Kingpin. Okay? The deal is is that other Miles' cousin worked for the Rigatello family. He got in trouble with the cops, but Miles took the blame for him and went to jail. And to, like, reward and protect him, Don Rigatello sent in Wilson Fisk to protect him in jail, and the two end up forming, like, an actual, real legitimate friendship with each other. Hmm. And when they get out, they buy a restaurant together, and then other Miles helps Kingpin overthrow Don Rigoletto, despite the fact that it goes against everything we've ever been told about the scenario <laughs> wherein Kingpin overthrew Don Rigoletto. So again, Ben just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> ben just honey, Bendis don't, honey, Ben just don't give a fuck. No, this this is vintage. Ben just don't care. Ben just don't give a fuck. Where it's like it's like we've seen. Fisk overthrowing Kingpin multiple times in multiple different stories, and it's always been the same. Uh, what is it, you know, Rigatello tells all of his guys to leave, and it's like, oh, Wilson, you're the last one I can trust, you're the last one on my side. Then Kingpin steps out of the shadows and breaks his neck. 
Oh, God. Freaking Aaron told it that way in the Max universe. Frank Miller told it that way in the original universe. But Bendis is like, I didn't read those stories. <laughs> this is new for me. This is new for me. I'm I'm telling this brand new story. And, and in a way, I'm kind of undercutting Kingpin, too, by saying that he wouldn't have been able to do it if other Miles didn't help him. <laughs> and then I have to do the trick of being like, oh, well, shit, now I got to explain why Kingpin's never mentioned other Miles ever up until this moment. <laughs> And that is that other Miles fell in love with a woman, and because Big Willie Fisk is a good friend, he's like, well, tell you what, you, you go live a happy life, and I'll just pay you like you were still working for me. How's that sound? <laughs> and, that's, and that's what they do. That's, that's, the, yeah. that's the big secret of other Miles, everybody. He's a guy kingpin new one time. <laughs> aren't, you, aren't you glad we waited five years to hear this story? <laughs> so someone actually told me like if this story had come out right after original Spider-Man would it have mattered and I'm like honestly three issues in no I don't think it wouldn't have mattered if it was new <laughs> uh... okay, as a Spider-Man story I thought it was kind of weak sauce if you like Kingpin though if you especially like prison centric Kingpin stories you might enjoy this one because like despite Bendis' failing he still has a pretty good handle on the Kingpin mm -hmm. but yeah outside that can't really recommend that one no, that sucks. It was a, it was a little bullshit, honestly. <laughs> and, and I'm probably feeling it way worse because I like Kingpin so much, and the moment of him turning on Don Rigoletto is one of my favorite moments. So to see Ben just come in and be like, that's not how it happened. It happened like this. <laughs> I'm like, bullshit, it happened like that. <laughs> I know how it happened. Don't tell me how it happened. <laughs> uh, but, but, but clear the air, Matt. What, what else did you have going on? Uh, I had Star Wars Annual Issue 3. Oh, yes. This was a Han Solo and Princess Leia story. They okay. uh, they get trapped on a ice planet that everyone thinks is Hoth, but it's not Hoth because it gets a name straight away uh, mm -hmm. to tell you that it's not Hoth. Uh, and they are being chased by a bunch of bounty hunters, ex-con sort of thing. And we learned that one of their leader, uh, who is this, like, two-faced looking guy I, I can't remember what species he is he's, he's in the movies but he's got like half his face like burnt off like half a dent uh and we feel we found that han kind of fucked the guy over mm, not too long is, ago what else is uh, and the guy ended up spending like 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 a year or so on like this deserted island that han dumped him on <laughs> and he eventually got off and and is seeking revenge for han uh, and, and him and Leia get caught on the crossfire of this. And this is a really cool issue between Han and Leia and their sort of relationship and, and building on that relationship between episodes four and five. Yeah, S sounds like a fun little standalone. It was. It was a really great issue. Yeah. Uh, you had another Star Wars, too. You had Phasma this week as well, didn't you? I did. I did. Phasma was pretty cool this week. Continued uh, to to be pretty... Um, Pretty different than what we've what we've seen of her in, in Force Awakens. What little we saw of her, uh, she, she fights like sea monsters and nice. kills a bunch of sea monsters and ha ends up like begrudgingly helping a clan on this planet while she searches for uh, that loose end that escaped Starkiller Base and saw what she was up to right. on Starkiller Base when she shut down the shield and everything. And the the one thing that that really kind of like. I didn't get this issue. Is the pilot that's helping her? We, it gets revealed that that it's a woman, and oh. I think we're meant to be like shocked. Right. And I'm like, 
this is a woman pilot. Looks big deal. It's, it, it's supposed to be a Samus moment, is what it's supposed to be. Yeah, kind of like that. I'm like, yeah, it's big deal. Yeah, it's it's like there's lots of female pilots in this universe. Yeah, but um, Phasma gets a new costume. I saw this, that this issue. Yeah, she she has to go kind of like undercover because like her armor and and the pi- and the first order pilot armor would um kind of give them away of what they are. Right, right. So they they find like a, an abandoned hut that has all these these clothes in it. So they decide to to dress up like I guess bounty hunters or she, she adventurers. Gets her, she gets her alternate skin on. Yeah, she she got she downloads the DLC armor <laughs> for DLC Phasma. Pay five extra dollars when you pick up the comic. <laughs> oh, don't give don't give the people at Battlefront two any ideas. Yeah. Oh fuck, man. Imagine if they started doing that, like for comics too, where it's like, hey, you know, if you want the Spider Man costume you want, pay us five <laughs> extra dollars. Yeah, if you want to see this issue, but with different art that has a different costume. <laughs> Well, I I really want that, and I mean I'm already paying for variant covers, so sure, I guess we'll pay. Yeah, instead of variant covers, it's variant issues. God damn, that's that is a dark possible future. <laughs> it would give like excuses for artists to like fuck up, like art would. In, in in the book, like oh no, that was meant to be like that because it's the variant issue. <laughs> you know, normally I don't drink when I draw, but guess what? <laughs> Speaking of drinking while drawing, I had Justice League issue twenty nine. Oh, was this? Did this have bad art? It, it wasn't bad art. It's just it, it, it's Brian Hitchart. Mm, there you go. That makes sense. And he's, I, he's almost done. I don't know whether it was like a problem with my my digital comic, but there was like this, and and I hope someone else can actually. Um, confirm this and whether it's just like a one-off thing like maybe my page didn't download correctly or something but there's a big spread of like uh, uh future arthur fighting uh clark kent mm-hmm. in the kent farm and um the page still had the um oh, what are they called they're not the bleed and and sender rulers and everything of yeah, like yeah. when you're when you're proofing stuff but yeah, it had yeah. like stuff down the bottom like justice league th- uh, was it 29 dot INDD, and then then the other page, the, the the time it was it was like printed or something, oh, as well as like the date, which was like the the ninth of January this year, and that uh, I'm yeah, like, that is, is, that, like, is that meant to happen? That sounds like somebody fucked up in the digital department. Yeah, is that, is that meant to happen? I don't think that's meant to happen, but of course it would happen to this book because this book's had like as many fuck ups as possible. And because no one really seems to be paying attention. That seems to be a thing across the board. People are complaining about editorial on both companies, saying that there's been more spelling errors and just page fuck ups in the last couple of years than there has been in a long time. That like editors yeah. are overworked. Yeah, I attribute that to being them overworked and having too many books. So that they're just letting shit slide that they never let slide. Yeah, but yeah, this Justice League 29, there was something missing from it. I don't know what it was, but the story just kind of like hit a right. It's one more issue. This is like the penultimate issue, so you had to have all this big stuff. So we had the, the future children of the Justice League fighting Wonder Woman because right. she's evil in the future, and she she fights them back because for some reason she doesn't try to talk them down or anything like that. Mm. Um Meanwhile, future Arthur Curry has been, like, stealing the... He steals, like, Superman, Cyborg. I think he's... He doesn't steal Flash or anything, but he takes their powers somehow. Right. Um, uh, 
he summons the sovereign thing into their timeline for some reason. And who, who is not David Bowie, as we talked about last week. <laughs> no, no, it's it, it, it's very obviously Wonder Woman. But as of this issue, I'm kind of thinking, well, maybe it's the, this rogue AI watch tower computer genie that we've been seeing right. and we've only seen in this story and who's been like actually referenced throughout this story so I'm like, ah, it'll be her, and it'll be like this big shock reveal that no one will care about. Right. Seems seems likely. Yeah, well, there's one more issue, and then he's off the book, and it's um, Christopher Priest taking over. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll have to check that out. We talked about that last week, but it's like, dude, Chris Priest is pretty freaking awesome. Chances are you'll just be able to pick up on issue 31 and not have missed anything. There's nothing really worth talking about. That seems to be the way they're going with this, where it's like, fresh start. Scorched Earth. Yeah, that's why I'm, I, I'm like shocked that he that Brian Hitch did like he didn't do exactly thirty issues. He did like probably twenty eight issues. Oh, like, okay. how? But speaking of writer shakeups, to answer the question that uh, I posed in the previous issue, only to turn out it had already been a uh, answered. Uh, Sam Humphreys is going to be doing Nightwing. I wondered what Tim Seeley is going to be doing. Uh, he's going over to Green Lanterns. They literally just switched books. <laughs> switching books. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, it's like how some people, like, swinger couples have key parties where they all drop their keys in, and then, you, oh, you pick them out. It's like comic writers have, like, comic parties. It's like, oh, drop your title in the bowl, and then we'll see who's writing what. <laughs> oh, isn't it naughty and taboo? You're going to be writing Nightwing now. You got a story in mind for that? What, what interesting places are you going to take Dick now? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see where we'll take Dick now. Uh... Uh, from a story that you said had kind of lackluster art and some art mistakes, you know what one of the best-looking books was that I've read in a while, and I read it this week? What's that? Uh, Generations, Miss Marvel and Miss Marvel. I didn't read... I have, I'm not reading both of these, the Miss Marvel ones, mainly because I don't read her ongoings and not really too interested. See, I skipped the Captain Marvel one, mainly because... I skipped I'm... that because I, I read it and skipped it because of how like, crappy writing it was. Well, I, I skipped that one mainly because, like, dude, it's fucking Marvel. No one's gonna try and tell me that Marvel deserves, like, a special focus or that he was somehow amazing and important. The most popular Captain Marvel is Carol. That's why Carol's getting the movie. Captain Marvel is a fringe character. <laughs> and I know, I know for some people that's making them pull their hair out, but it's true. Well, uh, yeah, I, I didn't like the writing on that one, and I even asked like Mitch, who's like a big Captain Marvel fan, and I'm like, is is like her her book normal book written like this? And he's like, no, someone definitely ghost wrote this. This is not because this was the the writer of that the ongoing. He's like, yeah, this is yeah. completely different to what she was writing in there. There's uh there's talk actually apparently around the campfire that uh, whoever is writing Captain Marvel now won't be writing Captain Marvel in Legacy. That G Willow Wilson will actually be writing both books now, Miss and Captain. Oh, okay. Which, honestly, that's how it should always have been. Like, Civil War yeah. Two, that's how it should have been. Mm -hmm. Like, of all the crazy rumors that have come out around Marvel recently, I hope that one is true. And, in fact, it actually makes a lot of sense, because the whole point of this issue is that, you know, uh, Kamala and Carol had had a big falling out after Civil War Two because Carol was yeah. kind of a bitch. Let's not, let's yeah. not mince words. She was pretty horrible nah. for no reason. She was. She was. She was really horrible for no reason, and Miss Marvel was so ticked off where it's like, fine, you know, you and all the adult heroes suck. I'm going to start my own team with Blackjack and Hookers. I'll show you. 
And uh, she goes back in time to like the late 60s, early 70s. And you know it's that way because they literally drew it like it was late 60s, early 70s Marvel with all the same color palettes and everything. Oh, nice. It was a really smart idea. I'm like, dude, bring in other generations' books. Why did you drop the ball and not do a cool art thing? Why did it take this one to do a cool art thing? But yeah, she goes back in time, which it, it's funny, like, a lot of commenters are like, well, if this is the late 60s, early 70s, why isn't, like, you know, Carol, like, 80 years old? And I'm like, sliding Marvel time scale. That's why they never actually say the year they go back to. Mm-hmm. But that's always the case in Marvel. Same for The Simpsons, too. That's why whenever people ask, you know, when was the Civil War? Oh, five years ago. When was the Skrull invasion? You know, five years ago. Everything happened yeah. about five years ago. But yeah, mm-hmm. so she goes back and finds Carol Danvers in a pretty interesting point in her life. This was after she worked for NASA, but before she got fucked over in the Avengers and then uh, lost her powers and ended up hanging out with the X-Men under Claremont. This mm-hmm. is her when she was actually running a women's magazine for the Daily Bugle. Okay. Yeah, which is a very, like, that's a deep cut G. Willow Wilson went for. Like, that was a very short period in time. And the idea is, is that Kamala's, like, running around New York City trying to get home, and J. Jonah Jameson sees her, and it's like, hey, you're a young, hip, trendy kid. You're probably an intern for this women's magazine. <laughs> Go upstairs. And Kamala's like, well, it's J. Jonah Jameson. I'm not going to fight him on this. <laughs> and uh, this, this is where it gets smart. This is, like, where G. Willow Wilson actually gets really fucking smart with the concept. The idea is is that, you know, Carol's under a lot of pressure now with the magazine because it's like, oh, you know, people keep telling us we're not selling as well as we used to and this is really hurting us and everything and people are saying that we're tackling way too many hot-button issues like should women be allowed to get a credit card without their husband's permission or should women be allowed to work while pregnant? I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing. You're doing a commentary on everything's complaining about like Marvel Publishing now but having Carol's Magazine be a stand-in for that, that's, that's smart (laughs) and the idea is is that jameson actually goes behind carol's back to try and sell the magazine to like a person who is clearly an evil space alien (laughs) it's it's a rogue member of the shiar empire named night scream who wants to buy up all the media of earth as like part of a stealth invasion i'm like oh my god she wants to build a media empire she's evil rupert murdoch more evil rupert murdoch that's, that's actually a pretty dastardly plan, but a pretty smart one, too, where it's like, yeah, how come more aliens don't try and buy up Earth, Earthling media? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a smart plan. So, you know, they team up, they work together, and in the end, Kamala's like, man, you know, for as mad as I was at my mentor and, you know, the woman whose name I took, uh, fact of the matter is to go back and see her, like, young and happy and everything before the weight of the world crushed her, sh- uh, crushed her shoulders there, it basically made me a fan all over again. I'm like, that's a nice story. Mm, that sounds all right. Yeah, that was a nice reason. I'm like, man, why couldn't more of the generation stories be like this? And I'm like, oh, because literally Miss Marvel and Miss Marvel had a story going into it. It's not just like, well, let's throw these characters together and have a thing. That's why the Wolverine one and the Thor ones were so good, because they had stories going into it. Yeah, yeah. Not like Hulk or anything where it's like, oh, I met Banner a couple times. We don't really have a lot to do. We don't have a story going into this. <laughs> I'm hoping for that reason and more the Captain America one can be pretty solid, too, because apparently that's the one that's going to explain why Sam doesn't want to be Cap anymore and why he's going to be Falcon. That's going to be that's going to be a really good one. I hope it is, and it's also basically Nick Spencer's last word he gets to write on Captain America. Yeah, so, yeah, it'll be... 
kind of like the the closing chapter on Secret Empire. That's basically more or less. That's what they're building it as. Actually, speaking of last words on Secret Empire, I know we both read Avengers this week, and that's what that one was about. Yeah, yeah, the, the, that one also references like um, Sam stopping being Cap and being Falcon, and 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 with that passing on the torch to to Thor to lead the Avengers, or trying to at least. And she's like, yeah. oh, Sam, I know you're feeling bad about yourself because just just because you're not Captain America anymore doesn't mean you don't have to be leader anymore. And he's like, no, but I mean the leader of the Avengers has always been like a power player. He's always been like one of the big guns. And then Thor's like, D- we have a big gun player. It's Spider Man. He's the face. Yeah. You can be the leader, dude. <laughs> Yeah, you could be the lead. Just leave all the the attention to Spider Man. He likes that. <laughs> it's Spider Man pays our bills, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Oh well, not anymore. Not anymore. He doesn't. It's this is the only book to actually reference that. It's like, yeah, Spider Man doesn't have his company anymore, which means the Avengers don't have funding anymore. <laughs> which means they hate him now. Yeah, which means they hate him now. God damn it, Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, that, yeah, I really like that issue, especially like the Vision and Hercules stuff. That got really philosophical for a moment there. It did. That was kind of like a funny pairing I never would have thought of where it's like, you know, hey, you know, Herc, you're an immortal. You've lived for thousands of years. You probably felt all sort of things. I'm a robot. I'm essentially immortal, but I'm only just starting to feel now. What what does it like? Does it, does it ever get easier? Yeah, it feels like, eh, I kind of stopped thinking about it and just partied. Yeah. It's easier. Yeah, just, just, just kind of live day to day, man. You know, YOLO in this case. Basically, basically. That is Hercules' his battle cry, YOLO. <laughs> it's, it, the, my really only issue with this uh, comic is this idea where it's like, oh, it's the big fallout of Secret Empire. Nothing will ever be the same again, except everything will be the same again because we're keeping this team. We're not shaking it up. Yeah, and also, like, the Bax building got, got sold, and that kind of fuels, like, the... That, that, oh, maybe they're going to be relaunching the the uh, Fantastic Four with that two in one, and because there's there's heaps of rumors around like that's going to be like a backdoor pilot sort of thing to get them back. Yeah, well, there's that thing that was going on on Instagram. Apparently, Alex Ross has been drawing a bunch of Fantastic Four. Yeah, that could, I I don't really attribute that to anything. I think that could be just Alex Ross drawing because I know he likes the characters and they fit really bored. well with his art. Yeah. He just got bored and was like, hey, I want to draw this now. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, gives you hope. Can always hope. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that was Avengers. Uh, what else was this week? Uh, I think that was just about everything for me. How many more do you have? Uh... Oh, did we read Superman yet? Did we talk about Superman? Yeah, no, we haven't talked about that yet. Uh, this one was kind of a bummer. I, I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. It's it definitely falls bef- uh, falls below to me the high mark set by this series. Yeah, well, I think you probably didn't like it as much as me because you 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 read Deathstroke, so I you do. know what's going on with him and I everything. Do. And whereas I just read Superman, so I liked it because it was a Lois Lane story, and she that got time good. to sort of take take the spotlight. Which is always good. Although I thought it was kind of weird how she was almost fawning over Deathstroke. Like, oh, he's so fucking cool. Look how he kills those dudes. Isn't he fucking cool? I I, I pair that to her, like, because cause in the um the narration panels, that was from her article right. she was writing. So I, I imagine that's to, like, sell the article she, a little she bit. She zhuzhed it up a little bit. Yeah. 
it it did kind of seem like she was fangirling for a second. Like, why is Lois Lane <laughs> fangirling over Deathstroke? Also, hey, Lois Lane, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and everything. You sure pulled your punches in that interview. If I was interviewing Deathstroke, I'd be like, hey, dude, what's up with the eye? <laughs> what's up with the eye, man? You like a cyclops or something, man? You like a pirate? <laughs> That's why she's Pulitzer Prize and you're not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd ask all the dumb Joe hitting the hard-hitting questions of why <laughs> Deathstroke doesn't have an eye. Yo, dude, what the fuck's up with that eye? Hey, 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 dude, I heard a rumor. I heard you like him young, bro. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Interview over, dead. <laughs> Joel, he died how he lived, asking stupid questions to dangerous people. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it, it's funny. I actually thought they kind of dropped the ball on this one by not having it be the new good Deathstroke because I thought that would actually be a really interesting idea for a story for Lois interviewing the now good Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not really sure when this actually takes place. We don't. They say like, before. Honestly, you know what it felt like to me? It felt like they had this script sitting around. It was supposed to come earlier, but they're like, fuck, we need another filler while Tomasi and Gleason work on this whole apocalypse storyline, which is the next arc. Let's just put this out. Yeah, no, I think they, they switched them around because I, I, I think the apocalypse story is meant to be this issue, and they sort of, like, oh, we still need a little bit more time to work everything out, put this story that's been written and, and in there for months first. So maybe when this story was meant to come out, maybe Deathstroke's back to being bad. Maybe, who knows. Or maybe maybe that's just the way they're doing it at DC now, because that would make sense where it's like, look, we have our key writers who do their key arcs, but then we have two-issue breathers where we'll take, like, small story submissions from other writers to give our main writers a break. Yeah, yeah. And maybe they just bought up a bunch of scripts and being like, okay, this will be our safety script. We can put this in at any time. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't clash with anything. Because it also kind of made it look like they were still living in Hamilton County. Yeah, kind of. Because they were eating yeah. at like this really like uh, country fried kind of like, you know, diner cafe place. I'm like, I don't think this is in Metropolis. Well, it could be just like a place they visit. That's they, yeah. they, they, they like the coffee. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you're married to Superman, you can literally go anywhere at any time. Yeah, and maybe it was because it's like far enough away from prying eyes, maybe. That too, where they can just hang out together. Yeah. That would be fun to have Superman as a buddy, though. Hey, Superman, I really want some sushi. Can you take me to Japan right quick? Thanks, Superman. <laughs> Superman, I drank too much sake. Can you take me home, Superman? <laughs> He'd be the best designated driver. No, no, Joel. Seriously, I can't. I can't help you out right now. I'm fighting Darkseid. Yeah, I'm gonna drive. <laughs> oh God! Look, Darkseid, just time out right quick. My friend's about to drunk drive, and, and he's not even in his home country right now. So I don't even know how he's gonna do that. <laughs> he's gonna drunk drive and drunk fly. I can't let that happen. <laughs> Thanks, Superman. Joel, I really, I really think you're abusing our relationship. <laughs> just saying <laughs> but yeah this is it's it's a two-parter it wasn't offensively bad but i mean like it was going to be really hard to top oz effect from last week mm, mm, definitely it's going to be really hard to top that one so yeah that's about it for me honestly yeah that's about it for me yeah i read a ton of books and i still have a bunch left to read hey let's talk about what we still have left to read uh i got super sons number eight uh amazing spider-man renew your vows green arrow 31 invincible iron man and uh wonder woman conan is what i still have left to read i i read um invincible iron man that, pretty good book it was a uh sort of 
this is your life, Tony Stark, ah, uh, sort of thing. There are uh, with, crime in his return, huh? Yeah, yeah, with all like the women. Oh, uh, like, that's like, Amanda, a nice touch. Amanda, Re- no Pepper Potts, no oh. Pepper Potts. Hmm. Uh, it was like Amanda Riri, uh, Mary Jane, and to a later extent, Friday, sort of t- talking about their first meeting with Tony. So like Mary met him when she was run runway model. Uh, Riri met him when the scrolls attacked, mm-hmm. and he saved her and her stepdad. And it was just like a little thing they that they had. Um, and yeah, and then we sort of learned Tony's secrets, and he's been he he gave away all his personal fortune to um, uh, orphanages when he was looking for his mother. Interesting. And he gave it gave it all away to orphanages so they would have everything, and he's been rehabilitating all of his rogues gallery without them knowing. <laughs> Which like I they, guess makes they, sense. They're in, they're, in, they're in rehab, but they don't know Tony Stark and Iron Man are paying for it. That actually makes a lot of sense why we haven't seen any Iron Man villains in, like, years. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, hey, what happened to Blizzard? Who cares? What happened to Whiplash? Also, who cares? Yeah, and uh, then at the end of it, like, Friday loses his body. Like, she doesn't know where it's gone. Okay, so that answers the question that, yes, they knew where his body was. That's been a burning question in my mind since the end of Civil War Two. Do his friends know where his body is? Well, I don't think, it, like, Riri and all that knew, but, like, Friday did, because okay. she, she, like, kind of freezes for a minute and is like, oh, I can't find Tony Stark anymore. Where Where is he gone? Because that was a very weird hanging plot point. They made it seem yeah. like evil Captain America was keeping the body hostage or something at a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility and making everyone think he was dead when he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good question to be answered. I'll be more interested to read it now, because that one's been freaking in the back of my mind forever. Mm-hmm. Alright, so yeah, I guess with that, everyone, we can begin to start winding the show down. As always, thank you for watching and listening to the Comic Multiverse. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, be sure to like, favorite, comment, do all that good stuff. I know I've given the fans lots of homework in this episode, and there will be a test on it. (laughs) There will be a test. (laughs) There will be a test. Partial credit, open book. Or open, or open podcast, I guess, as it is. You can, you can listen to episodes of this to, to fill out your test. Uh, as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. Uh, if you're in the market for some comics, you want a great deal on shipping and handling, both Matt and I have book depository links down in the description mm-hmm. of our respective channels. You get yourself something nice. You get to support us while you're at it. It's always appreciated. If you're a patron, you'll get to listen and to watch this before everybody else which is always mm-hmm. nice, especially now that we've moved to video. You can do that for as little as a dollar a month. Patreon link also in the description. And if you want to show your cape, Joel, Fortress of Solitude, Matt, and Comic Multiverse Pride, you can head on over to our Tee Public store, where we now have shirts. Matt has been working really hard on some really great designs. You don't have to just get shirts. You can get mugs. You can get stickers. You can get uh, hoodies. You can get all sorts of stuff. Tee Public is a great site. Yep, it is. They're a great site, not a great stite. I was, I was, I was Rich Evansing it there for a second. A <laughs> now I'm gonna edit that in, edit that in multiple times. Multiple times. It's a folding table, you know, a folding table. <laughs> yeah, Marshall shots. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite YouTube videos is a compilation called Rich Evans is Defeatable, and it's just yeah, all the times yeah. Rich Evans fucked up. <laughs> I don't know why like 20 minutes long. <laughs> I don't know why the idea of calling it Rich Evans is defeatable makes me laugh so hard. Like he's like, I cannot be defeated, but you can. <laughs> uh, and on that note, everyone, when Matt and I start reminiscing about red letter media videos, it is time to end the show. Again, thank you for listening. I've been Cape Joel. I will see you all next time. I've been Matt. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>